listening to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio on the Airwave Style at 487.52. Your pod... Wait. No. <laughs> You're... Oh my god. The Garbage Fire Pod. Garbage... Garb... Oh no! No, your pod is hosted. You were right. <laughs> the Garbage Fire Pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who if they waited any longer to do a porn... Pod... Porncast... <laughs> Should expect a civil suit from Texas. <laughs> That's a good one. I didn't know what to expect. And you blew me away. Oh my god, it took me 33 <laughs> seconds to say the opening lines. Uh, the Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Hello and good morning. Is it too early for that abortion joke? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no. (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, boy. That's an all-timer Hall of Famer. Oh, God, that was so embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Be nice to me. My baby's teething. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, well... It's uh, Thursday, November the 11th. It is not a day to wish people happy Remembrance Day. No. Or happy Veterans Day. That is not the spirit of the day. Uh, Also, stores. No sales. We don't need a Remembrance Day sale. Are people doing that? I don't, it doesn't happen so much in Canada, but there's definitely always Veterans Day sales on stuff in the States, and I'm just like, Or, like, I Memorial don't... Day or whatever the fuck. Memorial Day is a little different. It's, like, a celebratory thing. That's a different one to me. It's a long weekend. It's, like, the start of summer. That one, I don't have the same, but, like, the, the sort of the solemnity of Remembrance Day, Veterans Day doesn't require uh, 20% off of pants at the Gap. Totally. You know? And I always find it really weird when I'm watching something on TV, like, at an American station, and there's, you know, happy, and I'm like, oh, God, okay, I guess that's where we're at now. Yeah, he kind of misses the mark. A little bit. A little bit. By I was kinda, looking... I mean, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, there are certain things that I feel like don't need to be... Um, commemorated or celebrated through saving money on things, and I feel like this is one of them. Yeah. Also, I don't understand. I don't understand why slash how Veterans Day is not like an actual holiday in the U.S. I don't get it. Oh, it is. No, I saw some things on my Twitter this morning, and there's like kids in school today. Oh. Which to me is just weird. I do a quick Google. Federal holiday in all states is with the exception of Wisconsin. Oh, well, there you go. But does that mean like an actual statutory holiday? Because, like, yeah, there were definitely kids in school. I don't know. It just, I don't know the difference for them between federal, state, and statutory holidays. Yeah, I don't know either. Anyway. Um. Seems like a weird thing to me. Also, the United States is just a weird thing. We can stop talking about them now. Uh, no, the wait, con- wait, 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 wait. I'm on the wiki right now, and whoa, yep. this is really fucking me up. So it says Veterans Day is distinct from Memorial Day. 
So Veterans Day celebrates the service of all U.S. military veterans, while Memorial Day honors those who died while in service. Huh. So it's the opposite of what it should be. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Like, Memorial Day shouldn't be the big celebratory one, but it is. Apparently. So I wonder why Memorial Day, then, is the public holiday in May. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder wonder why May. Seems bizarre to me. I am on the wiki page now and will update you when I know. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's very bizarre. Very, very, very bizarre. Um, anyway. Very strange. Uh, but yeah, we don't need to celebrate. It's commemoration. It's not a celebration. Those are two very different things. Totally. I've never seen anyone say happy Remembrance Day. I see it every once in a while. Like, it'll happen on Twitter and I'm just like, oh, no, that's not how this goes. Not supposed to have a happy one. No, it's a day for, like, solemn reflection. Also, apparently today in Ottawa, at the there was a ceremony um, at the War Memorial, and it started a little bit late, so all of the, you know, everyone who hates Justin Trudeau on the internet took to Twitter to complain about how it started late. Apparently there was, like, a suspicious package found uh, not far from the site of the actual uh, ceremony, and so they took a little bit of time to, like, you know, clear the danger. Yeah. Um, but people are still very upset that the moment of silence couldn't happen at 11 o'clock because it was late. And I'm like, well, maybe everyone might have got blown up. So maybe we should just wait till we have all the information before we get upset about stuff. Goodness gracious. Yeah, I just don't get that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> don't get it. Nope. I've, uh, it's funny. I used to be, like, a lot angrier about stuff that I couldn't control. And now I'm just like, I can't do a single thing about any of this. What difference does it make? Yeah, that's how I'm kind of feeling lately, too. The... (laughs) I got a little bit of criticism for taking my son to the pool. And the judgment was about, well, is it safe to do so? And it's like... I can't control other people like what I'm just supposed to sit inside every single day and go crazy like I'm double vaccinated and doing my best to choose things that I think the risk is very low like what well correct me if I'm wrong don't you have to have proof of vaccination to use city facilities in Calgary you as well you do and at the, in this point, it's far enough after the mandate that you have to have double vax. It's not just single vax anymore. Correct. So what you're saying is that people were criticizing you for taking your baby to a place where every other person who is in the facility, except for kids 12 and under, because of course the vaccines aren't available yet, is double vaxxed against the coronavirus. Yep. But it's a pool, Megan. <laughs> I worked in a pool for 15 years. Let me tell you how fucking gross pools are. Uh, And if people knew how disgusting they actually were, they would never go. And it has nothing to do with an airborne virus. Oh, totally. Yeah, so I just like to stop caring. I'm just living my life now. 
also got some questions about going to Maui next week. And it's just like, dude, do you think this was my idea? No. Are we doing everything that we need to do to go? Yes. Am I complaining? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I mean, like, at, there comes a point where you have to be able to, like, make those decisions and just, like, I mean, if there are consequences, I guess suffer the consequences, right? Like, totally. But, like, <sighs> we're following every single rule. Like, the rules are in place. We're respecting the rules and living our lives. Like, I don't know what else we can do at this point because the, you know, 20% of Albertans who are never going to get vaccinated aren't, and it's not my fault anymore. <laughs> hmm well, and, they, like, so one of my friends, her uh, and her family, she and her family, they went to um, Florida for, like, three weeks last month. Mm-hmm. And so I think their kids are, like, I don't want to say two and four, I think. Um, and so, pull, you know, pulled them out of daycare and whatever and went. And because my friend, she's off work, uh, she took, like, the first quarter of the school year off. And so she's going back to work uh, after this week. Uh, and so they decided, yeah, you know what, we can do it. Her folks have a place down in Florida and so they went and they visited uh, the grandparents and had a really good time and they went when they did because she's like if I have you know if I happen to get sick or whatever I have time to isolate before I go back to work right um, so they like made all of the plans to do the best that they can essentially yeah right and to be like well okay this is this is the best this is the best that we can do and now it's up to everybody else to do the same things but we've taken all the precautions and they stayed um, they went to the beach, they stayed in the complex that her parents' place is in, went to the pool, that's about it, ate at restaurants on the patio, like, yeah, you know, did all of the things that you can do, I guess, and had a really nice time. But exactly. people were, like, very judgy about it. I know, it's just like, I don't know what else to do anymore. It's like, <sighs> yeah, well, I'm just I over it. I think there's this weird thing. It's like, well, I, here's the sacrifice that I've made. I'm like, yeah, I have too have done the sacrificing, but guess what? Someone wants to go to Mexico for a fall break. Have fun. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's just like, all right. Cause I know exactly what that means they have to do to do that. And they've done everything that we're supposed to do. There's yeah, no exactly. extra steps for us anymore. Like, no. We have abided by it all. My husband just got his friggin' booster yesterday. Like, we're all doing everything we're supposed to do. I don't know what else can be done. Well, and it's just, like, it's worth this point now where I find, depending on who you talk to, and, like, the people that I work with and stuff, it's, we're all kind of in the same sort of, I think, headspace about it, just because we have to go to work and we don't really have a choice and no, there's no work-from-home option except if we have, like, a PD day or whatever. Um... So we're just kind of stuck sort of at the mercy of everybody else because we have to go to work. But I feel like there's this weird, almost like performative component to this now. And not so much like the performative hygiene, which is also still a thing, um, which I have many thoughts about, but we don't need to get into that today. But just this idea. Performative hygiene. Yeah. What does that mean? Like, it's an airborne virus, Yes. Yes. Please explain to me why my kids need to wipe down their desks at the end of every class. <laughs> uh, I guess if they sneeze droplets onto it. I guess, but they're also wearing masks all day, so... 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like that. things like that. You know what I mean? Like it's just I, I I get it. It is a rule. It's a thing that we're doing. So we're we're doing the thing. We're jumping the hoop. But I'm just sort of like, mm, okay, cool. Not a choice I would have made, but all right. But no, the performative piece that I'm finding now is sort of this like, well, this I don't know. People trying to pretend that they're somehow morally superior because they are still like not doing the things. You know what I mean? It's like, well, oh, it must be nice for you that you get to go to Hawaii because I have to stay home. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And that's not me saying that to you because I'm really fucking envious that you're going to Hawaii and I wish I could have, I wish I had the money to be able to do that. Uh, it's not that I have a, an objection to travel right now. It's that I can't afford it. Um, but like, it's that piece, you know, or if they know next week we're going to go back to work because we're on a fall break right now and people are going to have come back from their holidays and, oh, it must be nice that you got to get away. Yeah, it probably was. Everybody makes choices, you know, like, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's totally different now than it was when people were trying to travel when there was no vax or when you didn't have to be vaxxed, blah, 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 yeah. blah. It's just like, I don't know how people are, like, the PCR tests that we have to get done are so fucking expensive. I, know. I don't know how people can afford to be unvaccinated at this point. I really don't. We had a kid on our swim team who, for reasons that I don't understand, wasn't vaccinated, even though the rest of their family was. And they got tested right at the beginning of the swim season, but then, like, apparently never bothered to get another test. And so it's this thing, like, I haven't been at the pool. There's been other people doing supervision and stuff. And so this yeah. is the thing I found out, like, the other day. So I had to have a chat with this student and be like, look, like, you're, you can't do this. Like, you have to have a test every three days. Yeah. And within 72 hours of every time you enter the facility, or you need to be double vaxxed. And I said, and there is not enough time now for you to be double vaxxed to be participating in the divisionals and cities, which are in like two and a half weeks. And she's like, well, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And I was like, mm, it's people like you that are prolonging this oh for the rest God. of us. Thanks. Like, super cool. Super good. How do you not think it's that big of a deal at this point? I know. And then point. had the audacity to ask if, since their parents had already paid the fees for swim and they weren't on the team anymore, if they could get a refund. I'm like, no. Oh my Absolutely god. Absolutely not. <sighs> yeah. It was just, it was the, it was a conversation I never expected I would have to have, you know? Yeah. Um, and, like, to be fair, to participate in school sports, kids don't need to be vaccinated. That's very much, like, a... That's a thing, right? Through our, like, the Metro Athletics and whatever, they don't actually have to be vaccinated. However, to be on the swim team, you do, because we're using a city facility. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You have to abide by the city's rules. Yeah, so, like, the kids on the football team, I know that there are some who only had one shot or had, didn't have any or whatever, and we couldn't not let them on the team because of it. Um, but for the swim, they had, there was once the policy was put in place, they had to have proof or whatever, and she didn't. And, and I was just like, okay, cool, thanks for coming out. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. Super good. See, that's the, like, <laughs> sort of good thing about being a pseudo-employed on mat leave situation is I really don't have to deal with other people at all. Yeah, no so, kidding, hey? Other than the, you know, constant criticism <laughs> about parenting a child. But 
Well, that's fine. If you if you didn't want other people to weigh in on the choices that you made, you shouldn't have had a child. I feel like is the the takeaway here. Yeah, totally. Hey. If you didn't want people to tell you that you're doing everything wrong all the time, don't have a baby. Don't have a baby. <laughs> that's the number one reason. <laughs> yeah. If you want people to mind their business, don't give them reasons to get in your business. And apparently, babies are reasons to get in other people's business. I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't either. It's just... Just something else. It's just something else. The audacity strangers have... (laughs) Right? Will never, ever, ever stop. I don't know why, but they won't ever stop. No, I went to Ikea yesterday, and it was like 10, because I'm on a break, I haven't, I didn't just skip work to go to Ikea, um, been off work since Friday, it's been great, uh, and I parked in like the reserved for family and expecting mothers part of the parking lot, um, because there were exactly four cars in the whole row, um, and I was like, I don't care, and I got out of my car, and this woman with a baby, um, and a toddler, she glared at me, and I was like, what? We all made choices, and I just kept walking. Oh, um, my God. I was just like, first of all, first of all, I parked, like, halfway back, because I'm not a total asshole, but I'm also just like, mm, yeah, we all made choices, and just because you made that choice doesn't mean I shouldn't get to park in a good parking spot. Thanks. Um, I got, it. whatever, it is what it is. There's no bylaw that says I can't park there, so I kind of make a point of it. Uh, and at Ikea... I don't know what it's like at the Ikea in Calgary, but at the Ikea here, it's like an entire row of the parking lot on both sides of the divider. Oh, I don't is, think that's here. Yeah, like it's an entire, like from front to back of the parking lot, both sides. And there's a big divider in the middle so that you can like, you know, strollers and kids and whatever. And totally fine. But there were legitimately four cars parked there because it was right when the store opened. Um <laughs> And I was just like, first of all, the play place is closed, so people are not bringing their children to Ikea. And second of all, I'm going to be in the store for approximately 15 minutes. Would you like me to park here or in, like, a wheelchair spot? Like, come on, lady. Also, they don't know you're not pregnant. Fuck them. Exactly. Don't make assumptions. Yeah. But, like, that one, so, like, at the grocery store, and I don't know, like, the Save on Foods is by my house. There's two spots or three or four spots reserved for like parents and stuff and I don't generally park in those sometimes I do at like 9 30 at night but um because you shouldn't have your kids at the grocery store at 9 30 at night that's my theory um yeah that's a bit bizarre right like bit when I, I feel like yeah I feel like if there's kids at the grocery store at 9 30 we got other issues than parking um but like during the day like had to go to the grocery store this morning during the day, I don't, I choose not to park in those places because like, nah, whatever, it's fine. But it was just like this really funny thing. I'm like, lady, mind your business. Like you have no idea, but also like, I don't care. I'm just going to park in this spot and walk on in. Yeah, it's a, it's a silly thing. I appreciate it because they're usually wider and that means that I can actually get the car seat out of the vehicle. Oh, absolutely. Which is like nice, but other than that, it's like. Like, handicap spots I totally get, and obviously respect, and I'm not going to park in those ones, because I'm not a handicapped person, but all those other ones are fucking stupid. Or, like, for pickup only, I'm like, "Mm, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'll park here, thank you very much. Yeah. Well, and, like, it was funny, too, because I was in the store, I didn't even have to go upstairs, I was getting, like, two things. 
So I just went into, like, the marketplace. And by the time I got out and was, like, walking out the door, that woman was literally, like, just walking in the front door with her children. What? (laughs) Yeah. And I was, like, I think the toddler clearly wanted to walk. So, like, it was taking some time. But I was also just, like, I yeah, I'm done. Like, this did not inconvenience anybody. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I would never. I would never, never, never. Unless a child is, like, clearly in danger. <laughs> right. That's a different... But that's a different question. Yeah. I just feel like my abortion joke wasn't good and we should restart the podcast. No, it's it's fine. It's it's, it's fine. I'm just really dwelling on it. <laughs> you, no, you shouldn't. Because, like, people... there's It's, like, got two levels to it. Because, first of all... We have to assume that everyone can understand you through the laughter, and I don't know if they will be able to. And second of all, we have to assume that, like, people know exactly what's going on in Texas, which, like, no one knows what's going on in Texas, so I feel like we're safe. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even think about the fact that it took me so long to say, and I laughed through it, so there's probably not. I'm probably safe. I'll just never, never let me run for public office, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you got it. I feel like I feel like we're okay. <laughs> Although if anyone Googles you, the thing they will find is that picture from when you went to New Jersey. They sure will. Think about yeah. that all the time. I think about that too, how great that was. Yeah, it was quite the day. I'm on fucking yeah. Ellis Island and trying to turn on my phone and it just like keeps crashing because I've got fucking 80,000 notifications on Twitter. <laughs> like, what is going on? Uh-huh. Yeah. That was a whole thing. Um, yeah. Is there is there any sports talk? Um, well, there's some very serious sports talk that I don't know that I want to get into. Um, Related although, to Chicago? Sh- well, actually, there's a thing that we could talk about that's sort of not... I don't want to, like... Oh. Oh. <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> I don't know if you do. No, there's other things. No, there's some other stuff too. I don't want to say that what's gone on with the Blackhawks is uh, not worth talking about. I just don't know if we can give it the treatment that it deserves here. I think that's no, what I'll say. Not on this um, comedy adjacent podcast. Yeah, but um, there's a couple things that have happened in the last like 48 hours that I think are pretty interesting, hockey wise anyway. Okay. Because uh, I would like to talk about the other thing, which I know you know what it is. Um, yes. Ne- Hit me about with never it. meeting your heroes. Yeah. So. <laughs> Or never having heroes. Um, so, um, Bob Murray, general manager, former general manager of the Anaheim Ducks, uh, was placed on, I guess, administrative leave um, due to uh, some, I guess, com- complaints uh, that had come in through, like, the NHL has, like, uh, apparently they have, uh, like, a t- an anonymous tip line. And I don't know if it's, like, a, I think it's, like, a staff thing, players and whatever. Uh, and anyway, there was some information that came forward about uh, Bob Murray, who was the general manager of um, the Ducks. And he is entering into an alcohol abuse program because uh, he was placed on administrative leave um, amid an investigation into workplace conduct. Oh. Um, which meant, so the person says here um, from Sportsnet... A person with knowledge of the Ducks front office told uh, the AP that initial complaints against Murray uh, prompted the prompting the investigation all involved verbal abuse of uh, team employees. What? And that was how that started. And then I'm not sure um, 
yeah, I'm not sure how, what that's going to mean necessarily. And so he was placed on administrative leave pending this investigation and then resigned a day later and is entering into a substance abuse program. Huh. Um, yeah. So that's a thing that's interesting. And why I think it's interesting is this, because Carrie Price, Montreal Canadian school tender, yes. um, entered into the player assistance program uh, in October and made a statement yesterday or the day before, I think it was the day before, that uh, the reason he entered into the player assistance program was the f- that he went into a residential uh, substance abuse treatment program. Yeah, I was um, really surprised about that. I was too, and I thought it was really interesting, sort of the reaction and, and the... There was some backlash to that announcement because people are the worst. Um, and there was news last week that he was going to rejoin the team on... November 8th so obviously his like time in that program was done and he was coming back to the facility for like discussions and you know meetings and whatever not to yeah. be in practice and there were some columnists who were like oh he owes an explanation and fans were like where's he been what's been going on and other people were like he doesn't owe anybody anything no like he's a private citizen even though he's an entertainment figure but he's a private citizen yeah, and whatever he's not it is fucking publicly elected like no he's not a public official <laughs> no and like owe even you shit and even then, I don't know if they owe us that. But anyway, that's like a, that's a weird thing. But it was really interesting um, reading some of the re- the responses to what happened with Bob Murray, right? That he's going into this alcohol, uh, uh, a treatment program for alcohol abuse. And then Carrie Price going into like a substance abuse treatment program, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and just sort of the differences in how people responded and reacted and, and whatnot. And it made me, it kind of got me thinking about how... Even though in sports we we think that we know kind of what's going on, it's always very clear to me that we know nothing. Oh, totally. Yeah. Right? Like, we we know absolutely nothing about what goes on behind closed doors. We know absolutely nothing that goes on with, like, the lives of the athletes that we watch or the coaches or, you know, whomever. Like, we just don't know anything about them. And we ultimately, like, have to be okay with that. I think. In order to continue watching the sport because like they're not our friends they're not like you know what I mean like there's no there's no real personal connection or relationship there for the majority of of fans and I think we have to like be pretty careful about the kind of judgment that we put on the situations that we see and so saying that (laughs) does that impact your Aaron Rodgers judgment um sort of kind of the thing that I was talking to to Tyler about it actually because he's also a Packers fan and he made a really good point he was like it will make it much easier to watch him leave in the off season now I'm like that's a good point that's a good way I still uh, want him to win a Super Bowl like I think I feel like I would like him to win another Super Bowl you know but yeah I feel I feel like this is one of those situations where he didn't have to say anything and nobody would be any any wiser. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, they asked, I don't remember what day it was, uh, the Devontae Adams is the Packers, like, number one wide receiver, and they asked him about, you know, Rodgers' vaccination status or whatever, and he just said, he basically... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's clear to me, I think, that he maybe is not vaccinated the way that he, like, phrased it. But he was just, like, people make the choices that they make. And he's like, I got, there's, you know, people in the locker room on both sides of that. And we got to respect that. And that's all he said. And that's legitimately all that needed to be said. There was no yeah. crying. There was no, like, justifying an answer. There was no pretending to be the smartest person in the room. And I think of all of it, that's the part that bothered me the most was that, like, Rogers was trying to pretend like he's smarter than everybody else. And I'm like, dude, you're not. Like, you're not dumb, but you're not that smart. Yeah. <sighs> it's really tough. It's and really like, tough. I just don't it... know. I just don't know what to do. Like, on the one hand, it contributes to what we just said about, like, this keeps going on and on because people aren't following the rules. And yet, there's... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And I I don't know if there's an answer, but I, I guess the thing that gets me is... That these people, as for right, like, like rightly or wrongly, right, and the, the, there's a whole discussion about like idolatry and whatever that we could get into, but rightly or wrongly, these people are role models, whether they want to be or not. You know what I mean? Like the people yeah. look up to them regardless, whether whether you enter into playing the sport because like pe you just are, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be held to a higher standard of conduct because I don't think that's fair no but I also don't think you can then be surprised when people like find things out about you and then are are questioning those things right like you don't get to have it both ways you know what that's fair I think also too if you are I think sports is tricky because if you are around fucking how many people are on a football team 200 people i don't fucking know yeah it's a big team if mm -hmm. you're around those people every single day and have chosen not to be vaccinated that, that i think is pretty questionable because it's not like it's a distanced game mm -hmm. you know what i mean like that's that's pretty risky behavior well it is and also like again i think that there is this weird expectation that athletes are, you know, because they're who they are and role models and stuff. But I also think, like, if you are a person who is at the top of your game and one of your sponsorship deals is with, like, a healthcare provider in the city that you play in... <laughs> I wish I was kidding, but, like, legitimately... That's got to be some sort of breach of contract, right? Well, yes, they, that they're no longer they're no longer partners. Really? Um, ah, aha! Yeah. Uh, Follow like the State, money. But like State Farm <laughs> doesn't care. State Farm's like, yeah, we we support the choice, and that's fair enough. Like again, this is one of those things. Like it's not being it's not mandated, though. I think it should be, but it's not mandated. There are protocols to follow, for you know, the vaccinated players versus unvaccinated players and whatnot. And I think the thing that bugs me about it the most is that he just thought he could get around it because he's Aaron Rodgers. Oh, really? I think that's the thing that, that pisses me off the most is because, yeah, like, he's the starting quarterback. He's the reason that the team is, is won seven games in a row. Like, there's a whole bunch of things about him that sort of give him 
that power or whatever. But also, I'm just like, dude, like, there's... All you have to do is just keep your mouth shut. Like, legitimately just keep your mouth shut. And nobody would would have said anything. This wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, because the... So did he talk about this like he expected to circumvent it like what what does that mean well i don't think he expected necessarily to circumvent it but like so there i don't know about i don't know about all of the nfl guidelines or whatever but i know that like for team activities and whatnot like if you're vaccinated versus unvaccinated there's like different protocols And stuff, like, and so there's pictures of him, like, he, he attended, like, the team Halloween party and stuff, and I don't think he was allowed to do that because he wasn't oh, actually, you know, like, okay. just, and posted about it on the social media and whatever, and so, but because, because then he tests positive for the coronavirus, then it comes out that he's not vaccinated, and so then all these other things, it's like, wait a second, wait a second, he wasn't wearing a mask around the facilities and, bo- like, all this kind of stuff. Right, like, why is he um, doing all this stuff and not following exactly yeah. okay gotcha following the and rules. that's why very important yeah just follow the rules right yeah and like um i was talking to, with a couple other friends about it you know because they were making fun of me and i was like honestly like i don't care it's fine like if this is what you need to make yourself feel better about your crappy football team you go right ahead um <laughs> but <laughs> like it's it's fine but we were talking a little bit about you know which other quarterbacks we thought maybe weren't vaccinated and i was like i would be shocked if tom brady did it willingly i think he did because i think the buccaneers have everybody um but i would be i would be shocked if he was like spearheading that oh initiative. totally yeah um Doesn't you know he have like this fucking health guru that's all about you don't need to wear sunscreen you just drink a lot of water yeah <laughs> He, I read it, I read somebody criticizing his, like, the TB12 method or whatever, because that's what it is, um, and being like, he's just Gwyneth Paltrow for men, and I was like, totally! Yep, that sounds about right. I'm just Googling the TB12 method. Yeah, it involves drinking about eight liters of water a day, which, like, is virtually impossible for everybody. It's Anti-inflammatory and alkaline foods! Yeah. Oh boy, here's how you know it is dicey already. Yeah. So anyway, it was uh yeah, it was uh it was one of those weird like when when Roger tested positive, one of the guys at work was like, Oh, you feel okay, you feel okay? I'm like, Yeah, whatever, it's fine. And then when all this came out and I was like, I don't wanna talk about it. <laughs> I was like, I'm just annoyed by this. I don't wanna talk about it anymore. Yeah, well you know what? <laughs> so are we. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it's just the thing that then again, it goes back to that whole like you have no idea sort of what's going on in um, people's lives and, you know, who these people really are. And so it's just you got to be careful with the sort of idolatry that we place on the famous people because they're probably not worth it. No, not at all. (sighs) Because, yeah, I don't know how many times we've had to say this, but they play a child's game for a living. And that's uh-huh. absurd and ridiculous in a capitalistic society. Oh, it's absolutely insane. Uh, and yet, here we are. Um, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, I still hope the Packers win the Super Bowl. I'm not going to pretend that I don't want them to win. But, like, like Tyler said, it'll be a lot easier to watch him go play for another team next year. Well, there you go. Con- yeah. Like, natural consequences, I guess. Yeah. Um, the TB12 method encourages a person to drink lots of water, but not with or around meals. What? (laughs) So what do you drink with your meals? Nothing? I don't think you drink anything. (sighs) Oh, 
they call it a primarily plant-based diet, but <laughs> they should eat lean meat such as chicken, turkey, and steak. <laughs> and fish should be fresh and wild caught. <laughs> oh, man. I'm really loving this. This is extremely hilarious. I just... I got nothing. I don't have anything to say, but, like, it's the equivalent of Gwyneth Paltrow and all of the goop stuff that she's got going on. So, anyway. Oh, totally. <sighs> I think we, if we were going to have role models, I think our role models should be, um, who? I don't know. Keely Jones. Independent <laughs> That's who our role models should be. Did you say independent women? Independent woman, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Because, you know. Boss ass um, bitch. Yeah, yeah. That's who, that's who our role models should be. We should all aspire to be Keely Jones. Um, let's talk about that, because I don't want to talk about sports anymore. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, we didn't talk about the last, I think, two episodes of Ted Lasso the last time, which was a long time ago. And then I remember saying that I wanted more Trent Krim, and then who showed up at the end but Trent Krim? I know! They had pulled him out of things so severely that I was like, something big must have happened, and then he gets his little, his little yeah. own punchline at the end there. What? Can we talk about him saying goodbye to Ted Lasso mm-hmm. and then locking the keys in his car. <laughs> Do we believe that that was an improv by the actor or was that scripted? I don't know, but it was great. I just don't understand why that was even... Part of it? Yeah! <laughs> I don't know. Like, what does that add to the storytelling? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, it, but it was kind of funny. Like, it was a good... It was a funny moment. Yeah, like... Because I, had a I think it underscores, like... Because Chuck Krim is always, like, so put together and, you know... Yeah. And then <laughs> locks his keys in his car. <laughs> he's such... He's the most hoity-toity. He is. Also, people were very upset about him burning his source. In the article, like, to Ted before the article was published. Like, people on, and when I say people, I mean, like, people on, on Twitter, like, journalists and stuff, like, that would never happen. I'm like, it's fiction. Also, it's not like he named them in the press. He told the person who the story's about. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think you're allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, the show did a not great job of, of showing us that there was going to be a big thing with Nate somehow because they or of, of hiding it rather because it was very clear after Rebecca's dad's funeral when he talked to Rupert yes that there was and I was like somehow Rupert isn't the center of this and I don't know how and then he was and I was like god damn it yeah um but I read a really I read an article on an interview with Nick Muhammad about um Nate's transformation and like his gray hair and stuff yes. and he's like once they decided that this is sort of the direction that it was going they just started giving him more gray hair like on a weekly basis Oh, interesting. It was so if you go back and watch from the beginning of the season to the end, it's like it's it's quite a transformation. Um, but it's very subtle and so and it's sort of showing like the stress and the you know, all of the things that he's going through. But I don't understand why Nate was so upset because Yeah, I don't either. Uh, 
all of the things that he was like yelling at Ted about, about you don't give me credit for this and blah blah blah. It's like, but but he did. Yeah, he calls him Nate the Great, and is yeah. Ted is absolutely open about the collaboration of the team. He never takes full credit for things. Mm-hmm. Didn't make any sense. The, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially because, like. <sighs> Okay, I'm trying to collect uh-huh. my thoughts here. What made me mad is how Beard, who I think is somehow the most sane person on that coaching staff, which is a controversial thing to say, I know. Mm-hmm. The only, like, modeling or... <laughs> I don't even know. Coaching of this coach, he said, was do better. Yeah. Like, that's it? This dude is straight up harassing people on the team and on the staff, and you're just going to say, do better? No. Why did no one... Why did he, for some reason, get away with all this shitty behavior so far? Um, Until at the very end, when he just fucking blows a goddamn stink bomb and runs away and rips up the sign. Oh, that was the worst part. Oh my God. Rips the sign after seeing all the players. Ted. Like, why does he hate Ted so much? Why? I don't know. I'm not Ted sure. Gave I think him everything. Ted promoted him from Kitman to assistant coach. Just because. Yeah. Well, and like, then, to be fair, I think a lo- in a lot of ways he earned it. Oh, he did, but but Ted didn't have to. He could have, like, found another coach or whatever or not. Yeah. But he, he chose to, like, promote the the kit man to assistant coach. Was he still pissed off about the fact they didn't tell him he was getting promoted? And then came in and saw someone else doing his job. Like, I don't know. But it was just, yeah, that whole bit, I, it bugged me. It really bugged me. It was so unnecessary, and I don't know if it's them trying to say, like, it's because of his obsession with Twitter and his complete obsession with his perceived online image compared to Ted, because there's a number of episodes where he's just scrolling, scrolling, obsessively scrolling, 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 and, like, you can see the obsession on his face with it Mm -hmm. so is he in this reality where he's only absorbing the perspective of what he sees online and not what's in his face potentially maybe is he valuing all that more than these people he's known for two years like well and also like the bit the part where the episode where he like kissed keely Ugh. Was awful. Like, that was awful. 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 Because it's not just that Keely, you know, was clearly not interested in him. But also, like, she was in a very, um, clear and obvious relationship with someone else who works for the team. Like, you know? And I just, I, yeah, that really bothered me. And it, like, they sort of, to me, smacked a little bit of, like, entitlement that he just felt he deserved this too. 
Yes. I agree. Which, yeah, that part, that really bugged me. I was just like, no, I'm, I'm disgusted by this. What I think really pushed Nate over the edge, though, that, like, day when he just straight up left the team, is that... Roy's handling <laughs> of that situation didn't have quite the best subtlety, I think, because he, like, laughed at Nate and said it was okay, where I think Nate was really offended that he wasn't even considered a threat. Oh, so absolutely. he was like, I'm going to fucking show you what a threat is. Yeah. I'm going to be your main competitor and I'm gonna fucking tear you down. Literally. And, yeah, and I, yeah, I think that, and it sets up, obviously, you know, this next season, right? Like, with Nate as the foil. Yeah. Um, because, like, if the season did anything, it made me not hate Jamie Tart. Totally. Um, which, in a, in a good way, like, he, the, he they didn't, they didn't, they showed some growth with him, which I thought was really good. Uh, and I thought, like, he was played well, as too. Like, he's, you know, uh, Phil Dunster does a really good job, I think, portraying Jamie and sort of all of the things that he doesn't understand and the things that he does understand. Um, and so I feel like if there's a, an opportunity for a redemption arc for Nate, like, they'll do it and it'll come. But I also wouldn't be upset if there wasn't. I just don't really know what he could even do to redeem himself right now. Like, the things that he've done, just tearing tearing down the sign is irredeemable. And I know it's just a sign, but it's not just a sign. No, it's a whole philosophy. It's very like, upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, it's um. So there was that part that uh, that bothered me. The other thing I didn't get, and I don't know why they're making it so hard. Like with Roy and Keeley, that whole like fake relationship drama. I was like, why is this happening? Yeah, I don't didn't understand that either. I think you and I talked about it about it being about how like it's a mature relationship and they're gonna be fine and she's putting her career first instead of his and. Blah, 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 blah. But it's also like, who the fuck says we're taking six weeks off? <laughs> I need you to live your life for six weeks. Come on vacation for me. Like, what? That's so no, unrealistic. It is and it's not. Because it wasn't just like, come on vacation. Like, he, you know, made sure that she would be able to do work and whatever. But they could just, like, be together away from all of the other stuff. And, like, there's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with that notion. Um, but I just, like, I, I don't understand why she's like, no, you go and I have to stay here. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, but, like, couldn't there have been even just a little bit of, like, you know. A week? Or I'll see, like, or to, for, for her to say, like, I'll see you in a month or something, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like, or yeah. something about him changing the, the date of her ticket to give her a little bit of time to get set up and then she come to, or whatever. Like, I just, it felt like such a weird thing. Totally. Because there was that, I don't know if it was the episode right before it, if it was in episode nine, when they were celebrating with the champagne, like, they that they were saving for a special occasion or whatever, and she's like, well, it's not that special of an occasion, and he's like, yeah, it is. You yeah. know, so there's, like, this notion that this is, this is, like, a forever sort of thing, and then there was just this very weird insecurity. 
It didn't even feel like insecurity, though. But was that scene worth it for him to growl at that panther? Of course. Pretty or the good. cheetah? <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's true. Yeah, anytime that uh, Roy Kent can make animal noises, the scene's worth it. Regardless. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. If he wants to mimic an elephant, done deal. I don't care how we get there. Yeah. Sign me up. Um... But yeah, it was uh, it was good. And now, of course, they set up like at the end of the season one where they said, you know, they're going to get promoted again and then they're going to win the whole thing. So they're then back promoted to the Premier League. So I hope that they do just the three seasons and just be done with it. Because what a way to go. Yeah, I think I read something about how like Sudeikis is really only available for three seasons and then he just can't commit to anything longer mm-hmm. than that, which is fine. But I... I'm just not ready to let the team go. And by that, I mean Sam Obisanya. <laughs> <laughs> and Danny Rojas. The two of them. And the Danny best. Rojas, yeah. And also Jamie, even though, like, you know, he's growing. He apologized to everybody for his shit behavior, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. He's still dressing like an absolute <laughs> douchebag. Oh, which is the best part about him. It's so good. Oh, I hate that fucking icon jacket that he wears. Good lord, it's the worst. Or is it a hat? Something says icon, and it's just the worst. No, it's bad. It's, uh, it's bad. But he's, uh, the character's really interesting. He's a good character. Yes, I agree. Dunster is great. Dunster is also a town, I think, on Vancouver island and that's what chris and i have called for like the last 10 years when you're being really dumb (laughs) you're being an absolute (laughs) dunster (laughs) so it was really kind of a triple take for us when we were like who plays jamie tart and we were like whoa there's a dude named dunster this cannot be yeah so no that's been that's good i saw a thing with him on um I think it was, like, a, a thing on Instagram. It was just, like, a little video, and he was speaking in his, like, normal accent and not his Jamie Tart accent. Ooh, big difference. Yeah. Big difference. Totally. Uh, which I thought was really funny. Isn't it, like, a crazy fucking Manchester accent or something? Isn't that yeah. what he's doing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, mm-hmm. uh... Yeah, he's from... I think he's from Reading, I think, if I remember correctly. Oh, that's not um, near Manchester then. Oh, no, wait. not at all. Are you talking about Dunster or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he's from. Yeah, he's from Reading. So, like, yeah, he's not. London adjacent, yeah. Yeah, he's not from the north. <laughs> anyway, it's just funny when I heard him talk. I was like, oh, that's what you sound like. The other thing was when they, they were in LA for the Emmys and stuff, Brett Goldstein did a bunch of interviews and whatever, and his regular voice and accent is so much different than. He's so, like, it's almost a lilting, like, soft, high yeah. pitch. It's so different. It's really yeah. bizarre. Yeah. It's it is. Funny, it is though, really how... strange different i watched an interview with him and um beard's real name whatever it is Mm -hmm. uh, together and it's so funny because beard is just like manic (laughs) yeah compared to brett colstein it's like so reserved and so like nice and you know 
mm-hmm. positive but very reserved. <laughs> Beard's just like everything is like a bit to him. It's all over the top. It was really bizarre to watch those two together. I was like, you guys get along and are like writers of the show. How is that possible? Well, and it's funny too, because like, if you look, if you ever look up like the cast and like their, their credits and stuff, like Hannah Waddingham, she's like, a theater her filmography is, is, is not long. It's not extensive. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been in lots of TV stuff. Um, but like her theater mm-hmm. credits are all like West huge. End stuff, huge like roles. huge, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> she played. I'm just looking it up. She played the Lady of the Lake in Spamalot, and I bet you that was just an absolute riot. I don't know if you if you are like a Monty Python fan or whatever. I went to see Spamalot, and I almost died laughing. Oh really? Um, yeah. But yeah, like she's just. Yeah, just looking at at the stuff, and she's won or was nominated for like different Laurence Olivier awards, and like you know, so she's like got all this like this pedigree behind her. And then you look at even like Brett Goldstein; he's like, um, no, not so much him, but he did like he does have a university education. Doesn't say what he studied, but like uh, Phil Dunster's went to like he studied like theater. Yeah. You know, and I think, I feel like, and Brendan Hunt did as well. It's the guy that plays Beard. Like, he, like, it's just, it's insane to me. And you look at all of their pedigree and whatnot. Um, and you're just like, how did it, like, obviously you have to be good to do the thing, but it it feels like the the characters are, like, such real people that they're just acting as people. Like, do you know what I mean? Totally. Unless you're the internet and you think Brett Goldstein is such a perfect man, and Roy Kent is so perfect that he must be a computer-generated <laughs> individual. Which is a conspiracy theory I would love to believe in. Like, I think if I was going to believe in one, I feel like that would be the one. Oh my goodness. Okay, who is... Remember how we talked about there's, like, perfect men, Roy Kent is one, Jamie Fraser is another, and Uhtred's mm-hmm. the other one? <laughs> Yeah. FMK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you fucking Roy monster. Roy <laughs> and Jamie Fraser. Oh, that's a really tough question because... Do it, Megan. Kill... I'm, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta talk myself <laughs> through it. I, it's not gonna be instantaneous. Because the pro- here's the problem with both Uhtred and Jamie... It's the same problem, it just manifests differently, is that they are constantly wearing their bad idea jeans. Like, <laughs> constantly. We all know, know Roy only has Heather Gray jeans. So. Yes, so he's good. But, like, but no, it's just the two of them, like, I get it and I understand why they feel the things that they need to do. But it's just, like, why? Although I will say, this is tough. Because I don't want to kill any of them. But if we're going to play the game by the spirit of the game. (sighs) I think you have to kill Jamie Fraser? Really? I think so. I think you fuck Uhtred and I think you marry Roy Kent. And I feel like that's the only correct answer. And the reason that you have to kill Jamie Fraser. I'm going to like, you know, it's a bit of a loophole. But the dude's from the 18th century. And I feel like that's the reason that you need to kill him. And there's just too many things that he doesn't understand about the modern world. Oh, man. His fucking mind was blown with a zipper. (laughs) Like, 
let's put this in perspective here. Oh my god. But Megan, think of how many STIs Uhtred is carrying. That's why you just do it once. <laughs> just one time. Maybe that's how Jamie dies. <laughs> From an STI? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so this is... I have a question about the parameters of the game. We've never really talked about this. Is this assuming that you're... Prese- it's like a... Uh, like, not... Uh, like a game show where you, like, open the doors and you've never seen the people before and you just, like, find out things about them and have to decide? Is that what we're assuming here? I'm not quite sure I understand what you mean by that. So, like... So, okay. So, obviously, like, these are fictional characters and whatever, but, like, the parameters of the game, right? And let's, Are we assuming that, like... You, I think no, it's you if have you the exist same amount in of... their world. Okay, okay, because then my 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 sort of other thing is is like once the once you have to make the decision, who's to say you haven't done the thing with all? You know what I mean? Like, is it just like this is the only opportunity you're gonna have? Yes. To fuck that person, and it's yes. never happened before, and it'll never happen again. Which means yes. you've also not fucked the other people. Is that what we're going on? I think so. Okay, then yeah, I think I think I'm gonna stand by my answer. So, remind me, it was Fuck Uhtred, Mary Roycand, and Kill yeah. Jamie Fraser. Yeah. Wow. Because, like, to also, to be fair, I like Jamie Fraser a lot. Let's And I feel like you will agree with what I'm going to say. He's a little bit of a misogynist. <laughs> like, a little bit. <laughs> By a little bit, I mean kind of a lot. And I understand it's, like, contextual and whatever. But, like, even Uhtred sort of understands, as he's gone through this the, the and gotten older and whatever, understands that, like, women have the agency to make their own decisions. Whereas well, James... like, the people he was raised with were also warriors. Like, think of Brita, yes. right? Yes. Whereas, like, Jamie doesn't have that same awareness just yet. No. Well, okay. I could He's getting that. there. He's getting there, but he's not there yet. He's getting there. We're... Bree helps. Bree helps. Yeah, whereas Roy is just like, what? My girlfriend's amazing. Yes, that's really nice. He... No one celebrates their partner more than Roy Kent does. No, no. Which is so funny, because he's just so, like, grouchy all the time. <laughs> I still think back to that opening scene with him when he and Sam are watching the press conference and he says, if I don't hear silence, I'm going to start punching dicks. (laughs) And it's seriously one of the funniest fucking lines in the world. Mm -hmm. But then you've got Phoebe. Mm -hmm. And I just... That's just so pure. It's so sweet. He loves her so much. Mm-hmm. I think for sure the only choice is Mary Roy Kent for Mary. I think so too. Because we've talked about this before. If you're going to marry Uhtred or Jamie, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, there's no, there's no getting around it. There's no getting around that. But yeah, the fucker, the killer is really hard. Because, like, so here's the difference, too. And I, I feel like this is the thing. In in the books and in the show, whatever, um, Jamie is presented in very much... not It's not totally, you know, looking at him th- with a female gaze, but much more so than in The Last Kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just because of who wrote the stories and who's 
presenting and, and producing and whatever. But I don't know. Like, we have, there's plenty of evidence of Jamie's, like, sexual prowess. Claire talks about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. Uh, but clearly Uhtred's not bad at it either. Oh, Uhtred fucks for sure. We know this, yes. Right? Like, and I don't know. And it's just, I, but I just, yeah, the problem with Jamie Fraser, there's a lot of problems with Jamie Fraser. But I feel like, yeah, he's just a little bit of a misogynist. Huh. I never thought of him that way. He's trying, he's learning and he's trying, but like there's still things that he very firmly believes that women are not capable of, even though time and time again, his wife and daughter have shown him that that is 100% not true. Yes, I feel like Uhtred is constantly like, I can't protect you here, I can't protect you here, you need to do this or I can't protect you. And the people just totally ignore him. Yes, but also, like, at the end, I'm thinking about, like, what happens at the end of season four when, like, his daughter is, like, you know, she wants to go off, and he's like, okay. Well, he struggles with it. It's not just okay. No, but he (laughs) understands that he's not going to be able to keep her and protect her and, you know, bring her home back, like, that that's not where she wants to be. Yeah. And he understands that he can't, you know, force her into a life that she doesn't want. And yeah, so go. I feel like, like he, he you know. he's also coming to grips with the fact that he really can't protect any of everyone, even though he yes. says he'll try to. They're like, well, you won't, and you can't, so I'll, I'll just, like, do this questionable, risky thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm what's her nuts. So, anyway, that's, that's my... That's okay, we answer. gotta so, move on to questions because we're at we do. an hour now. <laughs> we, we do didn't have talk to talk about anything we said we would. <laughs> no, I know we didn't. <laughs> this is our big surprise, but it's good because Jeff sent me a couple uh, um, Ted Lasso related FMKs. Uh, so we're just gonna go for the kill on this one, and then uh, the easier one will be the second one. Um, fuck Mary Kill, Higgins, Lasso, and Beard. Oh boy. I think you marry Higgins. Okay. You kill Beard and you fuck Lasso. I think so. Yeah, I think marrying Ted Lasso would be a fool's game. And I think Beard is into a little bit too weird stuff <laughs> for me personally. Fair enough. His I think relationship probably... with Jane needs to be studied by psychologists. <laughs> Um, okay, so here's the other one then. Uh, fuck, Mary kill, Sam, Jamie, and Roy. Oh, shit. This one's the harder one. This one's the harder one for sure. You thought this was the easier one? Yeah, I think I thought so. Oh. But I'd like uh, to hear your thoughts. I think you kill Jamie, you fuck Sam, you marry Roy. But, like, you could also marry Sam. That's like there, this is the, uh, this might just this might be the first time ever in history of us playing this game that there are two good options for Mary, <laughs> and not just like a straight up double murder. And and like three good options for fuck. It's true. It's <laughs> very true. <laughs> I think that it's is... because the game is designed to be painful. Yeah. <laughs> this option yeah. is just all enjoyable options in a way. I think so. Yeah. I think. I, I mean, you wouldn't want to kill Sam. 
No. So if you're going to kill one, it's got to be Jamie. It's got to be Jamie, yes. But then, like, you could make a very strong argument for marrying either one of them. Yes, I'm just thinking about, do you trust Rebecca's judgment to only fuck Sam? And I think you do. I mean, she's got her reasons. One of which is he's her employee. And another one is there's a bit of an age difference, which she's, like, very cognizant of. Yeah, it doesn't mean she can't get it. No, I know, but, like, there's... But you know what I mean? Like, there's there's a reason. She's got her reasons for keeping that relationship exactly where it is. And, like, I don't disagree with her reasons at all. No, I don't either. However, would Rupert do this? No. Well, no. Oh, man. That's yeah. a tough one. I think you gotta... Shit. No, I think you gotta... I think I'm gonna marry Roy. No? I think... Damn it! But we did... Did we not discuss one time that once you marry them, you can fuck them endlessly? So, like, there is that option Yeah, but as well. Roy is also, like... <laughs> he's got some knee problems. <laughs> Where Sam doesn't show that same deterioration of the joints. (laughs) Isn't he like 22 or some shit? He's so young. He's so young. Oh my god, he's young. He's so young. Yeah, I'm gonna... No, I don't know, Megan. What are you choosing? What are you choosing? I don't know, because I kind of had the same thought, but now I'm like rethinking this... I don't know what to do. I think maybe Rebecca's right. Maybe, maybe you just, maybe you just fuck Sam and the have, problem have a is good time. he's only gonna get more wonderful. I know that's the issue. Problems, real first world problems here on this one. <laughs> real fantasy first world problems. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, anyway. Um, yeah. So those were the two uh, Ted Lasso-based FMKs, which made me laugh. Um, what else do we have here? This is something that I saw on Twitter yesterday, and we kind of mentioned it before we hit record. Uh, what bit of historical perspective gives you an existential crisis? <sighs> so, like, this is sort of born... This is Where it came from was somebody had made note of how the U.S. president, John Tyler, who was born, I believe, in 1790, um, which is insane, uh, has a grandson who is still living today. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, it's not as weird as it sounds, uh, even though um, John Tyler was born while Washington was the president, Um, if you would like to put that into some real perspective. Oh, anyway. That's the worst um, part of the whole thing. Not that he has a living grandchild, but that he himself lives so fucking long. It's stupid. So, okay. So, yes. Uh, So, the oldest grandson, or the last remaining grandson of John Tyler, is 92 now. Why aren't we, like... 
<laughs> vivisecting these guys. This is crazy. So crazy. Okay. So, uh, so yes, John Tyler was born in 1790. Uh, and then he, um, was married twice. So his second wife was a lot younger than him. And so his son, Lion Gardner Tyler Sr., was born in 1853, which was well after, um, Tyler was out of office. Uh, and then he, this son was born, uh, sorry, was born in 1853 and was widowed and then had a second wife. And this, um, grandson who's still alive, his first name is Harrison. And he was born when his dad was 75. So that's how it's possible, I guess. But man, that's weird. Yeah. Like, that's so just... weird. It's, yeah, it's really weird. I, mm. But that's just such a weird thing. Like, that has spanned. That, like, so John Tyler was born in 1790. So three generations of that family have spanned well over 200 years. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Absurd. Absurd. That's fucking nuts. And not even, like you know, a, a, a larger context of family, but direct descendants. Yes. So weird. I think for me, it's probably the guy who survived both atomic bombings. That's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Just real bad luck. <laughs> oh, Two so days here was the... Row. So here was the question. This is a, something else that someone had put it up. Harriet Tubman was born in Thomas Jefferson's lifetime and died in Ronald Reagan's lifetime. That was the other, the other one. That was Wait, like, what? Well, okay. So let's look up some, uh, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson was born in 1743 and died in 1826. Okay. Um, no, that one's not right then. Harriet Tubman was, uh, born, hang on, just give me a second here, March of 1822, she died in 1913, and, uh, Ronald Reagan was born in 1911. Fuck. I hate that one. Fucking nuts. I fucking hate that one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that is crazy. Yeah, because it seems like, I don't know what it is, but it seems like those two individuals are eons apart in terms Mm -hmm. of what we consider, like, modern society. Like, we're talking Jefferson and Reagan, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. I like that you uh, you had a thought and then you're like I don't know what to say. <laughs> no, I don't. Like that one's. No, it's just yeah, that one's really giving me an existential crisis. I really fucking hate it. Yep. <laughs> don't like it at all. Okay, so somebody, this is really interesting here. Um, so the people were replying to this with like you know other things. So this consider this: Victorian England was 1837 to 1901. 
uh, the American Old West. That time period was 1803 to 1912. Uh, the Meiji Restoration in Japan was 1868 to 1912. And French privateering in the Gulf of Mexico uh, ended around 1830. So this is the conclusion. An adventure party consisting of a Victorian gentleman thief, an Old West gunslinger, a disgraced former samurai, and an elderly French pirate is actually 100% historically plausible. Oh my god. <laughs> um, the best one, though, that I saw was this. The samurai were officially abolished as a caste in Japanese society during the Meiji Restoration in 1867. The first ever fax machine, the printing telegraph, was invented in 1843. And Abraham Lincoln was famously assassinated at Ford's Theater in 1865. Which means there was a 22-year window in which a samurai could have sent a fax to Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Warning him of his pending demise. <laughs> you know, samurais, famous time travelers from the future. Yeah. Oh, that's really fucked up. God, um, I hate the that one shit. That, the one that gets me is when you read about Cleopatra and that she lived closer to now than she did to, like, the construction of the pyramids. Yes, that's one that I remember, too. Which seems which, bizarre impossible. that they would be ancient to them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, the University of Oxford uh, is old. Oxford. Oxford <laughs> is uh, older than the Incan Empire. Damn. Um, the For the first few years after Harvard was founded, it didn't teach calculus because calculus hadn't been invented yet. Oh, fuck off. I hate that one, too. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. Ooh, somebody here in in the States says, my parents were born before segregation ended, but aren't yet old enough to retire. Oof. 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 That one hits. Yeah, well, when when was segregation ended? What year? Civil Rights Act... 1865 was 65. The... Yeah, my dad was yeah. born in 59, so mine too. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow, that sucks. Right? Wow, that sucks. Uh, Jimmy Carter was the first president born in a hospital. <laughs> That's a fascinating thing. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Obama was the first president born under the same American flag he served as president under. Jesus Christ. That's really interesting. Um, just, yeah, like, there's some really... Uh, Charlie Chaplin and Adolf Hitler were born in the same year, which was also the same year that the Eiffel Tower was inaugurated and Van Gogh painted Starry Night. Yeah, that one's not as weird to me. Marilyn Monroe and the Queen were born in the same year. Okay, that one's weird to me for sure. <laughs> Imagine crazy. being the same age as Marilyn Monroe and yet you are <laughs> Queen Elizabeth II. <laughs> uh, there was more time between uh, the Stegosaurus and Tyrannosaurus Rex than there was between Tyrannosaurus Rex and us. Yes, I do know that. That's crazy. I took the Dino 101 course from the UA. Uh, dinosaurs all died 10 million years before grass even existed. Mm-hmm. What? That's crazy. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's just like, there's just interesting, interesting little things about I just that. love, because Jimmy Carter, I think, has this very pure, 
good guy image, like his whole like Habitat for Humanity stuff and all that for him to be like, well, I was the first president born in a hospital. <laughs> Just right? so um, Lauren Bacall was married to and co-starred with Humphrey Bogart, who was born in 1899, and was also in, a, in an episode of Family Guy that Ariana Grande was in. What? That's a fucking trip. Is Lauren Bacall still alive? I don't know. Doing Googling. This is episode is just the one where they Google. Yeah, there we go. There's the title. Perfect. I'm going to write that down. Oh so my I, God. No, she, she died, died in 2014. 2014. Oh my God. But that's crazy. Like, think about that. So she, <laughs> That's nuts. That's a, that's a crazy thing. Um... There was one more here that I saw that I thought was really interesting. I mean, the entire history of the United States of America has taken place in the collective lifetimes of John Quincy Adams, Thomas Edison, and Jimmy Carter. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Queen Elizabeth II has been Queen of England for more than a quarter of the total time the United States has existed. (laughs) (laughs) That's nuts. Oh, Megan, how many times do I have to say on this fucking podcast? I hate time. I hate Uh, it. I hate Nolan and what he's done to time to me. (laughs) Um, What else? There was one last one that I just saw. Then I'll stop there because this might blow your mind. Uh, The release of the original Star Wars is closer in time to the release of The Wizard of Oz than it is to us right now. Yeah, that one I get because... It was a long time ago, and it fucking sucks. But, like, whew. That's crazy. Woolly mammoths were still around when the pyramids were built. Yeah, that I believe, too. Um, that's nuts. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Anyway, uh, it's just one of those weird things that, like, um, it's just one of those really weird things that, you know, when you think about how time actually works and how things like we don't really put into perspective a lot of those things no the yeah what was the one i really hated oh the lauren bacall one and what was the other one? Oh, um the segregation one that one yeah. fucking sucks that one yep. sucks so bad it really does fucking christ that sucks and how many years after the civil war was that 80? Uh, so, no, so this, there was, I just saw a, diag- a little diagram here. Um, it was, seg- the period, that period of, like, legal segregation, it ended in 1954, because then that was Ruby Bridges going to school. Um, okay, yeah. but Civil Rights Act wasn't until later. Gotcha. Yeah, Civil Rights Act was 1965. Fuck. Um, yeah. So there you go. Anyway. Uh, also, as time, you know, the Lion King was released in 1994, which was not 10 years ago, as I like to keep thinking that it is, but was in fact almost 30 years ago, is a thing that really bothers me sometimes. <laughs> you know? Like, cause, do you ever have that where you're like, oh yeah, a few years ago, you're like, oh my god, that was 15 years ago. Yeah, um, well, like as someone who was born in the 80s, it's really bizarre to think of the 80s as 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it used to be 20 years ago. I don't think of the 2000s as what the 80s were to me when I was a teen. Like, <laughs> Right. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. That's, oh, God. 
I know. I'm going to cancel all my plans and just curl up into a ball and cry this afternoon, Megan. Um, no, this don't do really that. fucking me up. It is. So I have a question. What is your best memory? This is from another one from Jess. Um, what is your favorite childhood memory story of reading? Like, is there a thing, like a moment that you remember that like... Oh. 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 Of reading. Favorite childhood moment of reading. Do you have one? No, I don't know if I have necessarily a moment, but like, I do remember in the summertime when I, like, when I was a kid and I used to read, like, all the time, all the time, all the time in the summer, much more so than I do now, um, and just, like, sitting outside and reading books with, and, like, you know, if it was a library book, I wasn't allowed to, like, have a popsicle while I was reading because I might get the book dirty, but, you know, like, having a snack and, like, just sitting out under, under a tree reading a book, um, I did that a lot when I was a kid, and, uh, I still enjoy doing that. Um, mine's a weird one. <laughs> So I remember I was still living in Saskatchewan, so I was definitely younger than 10. And my sister and I were fighting about something, and she was like, well, haven't you seen those pictures that have, or those books that just have naked pictures of people in them? And I was like, what? (laughs) What? And she took me into her parents' room and showed me a Playboy. I was just like mind blown. That's like a, <laughs> I'm gonna ask her about that today if she remembers that. That is definitely one of the funniest memories I have about That's reading funny. for sure. That's really funny. And it was Ginger Spice was on the cover. <laughs> and I remember being so mad that she would do that to me. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. Yeah, I don't have any, like, I don't have any, anything like that. But no, that's really, really funny. Oh, Megan, um, that's, the, that's stuff you miss out being an only child. It's true. It's true. Your Did I really miss elder out siblings corrupting you slowly. That's true. Um, okay. Erin sent me a question. Uh, why do songs sound so much better when you hear them randomly on the radio? But she's like, maybe they don't sound better, but they feel better for sure. Spontaneity, I guess. Especially if it's something you haven't heard in a while. Yeah. And then you're like, oh yeah, that song. Cool. Just like spontaneous Taco Bell is better than planned Taco Bell. Does anyone ever plan Taco Bell? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, I've never planned Taco Bell in my life. It's always, like, it's not a bad option, but it's always, like, not a plan. Oh, yeah, I'll drive the 40 kilometers round round trip for some Taco Bell. I have to plan it. Everything in my life is planned now. I have a baby. <laughs> that's tr- oh, that's true. That's fair. But, like, before you had a baby, was uh, Taco Bell planned? Well, yeah, I was pregnant, Megan. I needed Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Well, then. Um, okay, um... I have some Taylor Swift related questions, but basically, uh, my friend Jillian is very excited about Taylor Swift's um, re-release of Red tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 
And her question is, what are your plans for the Taylor Swift Red release? Are you excited about the 10-minute version of All Too Well? Um, I think that one might... I think that might kill me, actually. Oh, really? It's a great song. Uh, 10 minutes? Oof, might be, might be too much to handle. Is this going to be too much to handle, like, back-to-back with Adele's release next week? Well, this was the other question. How are you going to handle Adele and T-Swift releasing music in the same month? Uh, potentially. Uh, I have we have a PD day on Monday and uh, Aaron and Reva are coming over on Sunday and we're gonna watch Adele's like TV special that's on um, and I'm happy that I don't actually have to go to work on Monday because then I don't have to cry in front of other people. Is that um, pre-recorded or is it a yes. live? Okay. No, it's pre-recorded. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a lot of feelings in in a week. That's is too many feelings. Is it just a two hour concert? This this is like only the second time I've heard about it because I don't watch TV. I think so. It's like I think it's uh I think it's like a ten or eleven song set and then Oprah's there somehow. So who knows? Oh, nice. Yeah, but yeah, it's um. Yeah, that the single that Adele released is real good. And uh, it's all over the TikTok, and there's lots of people. It's and it's there's lots of feelings, but I feel like having Taylor Swift. I will say this: Red is not my favorite Taylor Swift album, so I might not have the same feelings about it as some other people. But it's a very good album. Yeah, I yeah. don't know, so I will trust you. Uh, and then Jill's other Taylor Swift related question was: Do you think Folklore and Evermore are more or less the soundtrack to the Hallmark Christmas movie season? And if they're not, they fucking should be. Uh, we'll just leave it at that because yes, there are some songs on both of those that are. Oof, you could we could, if you were like a bigger Taylor Swift fan, we could absolutely write a movie around those two albums. Yeah, unfortunately, I just I'm just not, and I don't really know how to be. I've I listened am... to Lover, but that's about it. And by that, I mean I listened to it once. I'm a, I wasn't a big fan when I was younger, um, but, like, I really enjoyed these last two albums that she released, like, Folklore and Evermore. They're very, very good. Um, and they're just, like, a bit of a, uh, a bit of a departure from what she'd done in the past. And that's one of the things I like about her, is that she didn't stick with, like, the pop country. She's like, no, I'm gonna do some other things. Yeah. And people just went along for the ride. That's good. And my last question... Uh, this is a good way to end. Uh, if you could watch any movie again and have the twist or the ending be a surprise all over again, what would it be? Because mm. this is always my thing with books, right? When I reread them, I'm never... Yeah. It, they're good, but it's never the same because you know how it's going to end. You know what? I was just thinking about that yesterday, or not yesterday, two days ago when I was in the bookstore. What was that book that we really loved about the woman in the insane asylum? The Silent Patient? The Silent Patient. Thank you. Oh my god. It was driving me insane. Because he wrote another one, did he not? He did. And I couldn't find it, but I wasn't at a full a full indigo. It was just a little one. Yeah. Um, huh, that one probably was just really, really shocking. Um, I know for me, like, for movies, the thing that the one that I will never spoil for anyone, because I think it's worth seeing if you haven't, is The Sixth Sense. Doesn't everybody know now? No. Because, like, I, I, don't, I mean, adults, you've had your chance, but, like, with kids, because we'll talk oh, sometimes yeah, about right. movies and stuff, I will never spoil it for them, because I think everyone deserves to be able to watch it without getting spoiled. Um, yeah. 
And like, there's just something about that ending when you figure it out, you're like, oh, so good. And there's just something about it that I feel is very worth, very, very worth watching yeah. for the first time. It's extremely satisfying, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those ones where the twist, it's a shock, but it's also gratifying to the audience where instead of it being like a devastating shock like I think that's what a lot of people try to do in scripts nowadays is just like fuck yeah yeah whereas this one it's a shock but it's also like it it yeah it's it satisfies the story yeah um but it's but yeah I don't know like for I think for movies that's the one that I wish I could go back and see again you know what? The Thanos snap too. Okay. Do you remember when we saw that together and everyone mm-hmm. just started disappearing and we were like, what? And T'Challa disappeared and we were like, what? He just yep. had a movie come out two months ago. Yeah. What? Like that was, that was truly, truly shocking. Yeah, it was. That's true. That's very true. That was a good one. Mm, yeah, I don't know really of any really good twists. I think, yeah, I think with movies too, it's tough because like you've seen it and you sort of like know. Um, but yeah, I think books, The Silent Patient is definitely one. I also really loved the ending of Boy's Life by Robert McCammon and I would just like to go back and read that again for the first time. All right. I trust you. And I think that's all. That is all we have. We didn't talk about some of the other things we were going to talk about, and that's okay. <laughs> well, I'll see you in six weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, we'll try and do some stuff over the holidays. Maybe I don't know. Oh God. I'm around. Who knows, Megan? We'll... My whole fucking family's coming here, so oh, we'll super. see. Um, maybe before the holidays. Uh, I'm off on the 17th of December, so I got lots Okay, time. perfect, 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 perfect. Then um, we'll talk about Eternals and Bond and maybe the French Dispatch. <laughs> uh, you can talk about the French Dispatch. I would rather kill myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't like Wes Anderson, I forgot. No. If it, like, shows up where I don't have to pay to go see it, I might think about it, but I'm not gonna, not gonna um, make an effort. How interested in you are... How interested? <laughs> How interested are you in Dune? I d- didn't love the book. I think for like the visual spectacle, I like Denis Villeneuve's movies and stuff, but like the story itself, I don't know. Yeah, that's how I felt too. My my brother in law convinced me that it is worth it because the cast is fucking incredible and he said it's oscar's best performance interesting i was like wow. uh, do you know other movie we're gonna talk about between now and house, of gucci. house of gucci <laughs> i feel like we know how my brain got there but anyway <laughs> it's just like oh also um yeah no everything that i've seen and heard like it's just like just super campy yeah, can't wait. Oh my god, I just had the dumbest thought where I was like, have Adam Driver and Ozzyk Iser been in the same movie? Ozzyk Iser is his name. Uh, four times, actually. Yeah, they have. Fucking Christ, Megan, I need to go to sleep. <laughs> 
Oh boy. Yeah. So there, yeah, that's another one that we're definitely going to have to talk about because I feel like it's just going to be absolutely fucking batshit crazy. Yep. Uh, and like a good way, a weird way, but a good way. Um, yeah, well, that's all we have for this week. I think the next, I think the next time is just going to be, uh, talk about movies, I think is what's going to happen. Can't wait. It's going to be so good. We'll, we'll have to set a timer and be like, okay, 12 minutes on each movie. Otherwise, this episode will be eight hours long. <laughs> well, we could break it up and then just have a few episodes in the tank. <laughs> it's true. We could, we could do that. Um, yeah, so that's what we have for you for this week, um, or this month, or this whatever. Is there such thing as a six-week time marker? Because that's about where we're at. Yep, it's called a garbage fire pod. (laughs) (laughs) It's a garbage fire month, uh, six weeks. (laughs) Um, you can find our things on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, not Google Play. Um, possibly on Anchor. I haven't figured out how to do that yet, but I might put this on Spotify too. We'll see what happens. Um, you can email us or go to our website or find us on Instagram. Don't go to our website. (laughs) (laughs) Um, also, uh, one of the, I'm going to put a thing on our Instagram that I found off the TikTok, uh, that I sent to Kelsey already. And it's a little girl dropping an F-bomb and it is, I have watched that video approximately 150 times and I laugh every time. It's very good. It's so good. And it's the reason, it's not the reason people should have children, but it's one of them. If you have a kid who says shit like that, you need to film it and send it to me. Please and thank you. Did you um, send me the one where the little Irish kid goes, there's a fucking goat outside? I don't know if I did, but I've seen it. Okay. That one's good too. That one's good too. But yes, this little girl dropping the F-bomb. It's, and it's, the cadence is perfect. And it makes me think she has heard it many times. Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%. Cuz she I don't whether she knows what the word means or not, she definitely knows how to use it in that yeah, context. Yeah. The usage is perfection. Like if it I could you could use it as an example of voice if you wanted to teach voice and be like, "Well, here's how to here's an appropriate exclamation. Here's how that works." And tone. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Anyway, I'm going to put it on the Instagram cuz it makes me laugh every single time and then I'll have it forever. So when I inevitably delete all the photos off my phone it'll still be there there you um go. but anyway that's all we have for you this time around thank you so much for listening <laughs> and we'll see you in the dumpster <laughs>